takes nine shots to avenge the nine zero loss. Welcome to the FPL Surgery Podcast. That's right, we're back, and as you probably can hear, this isn't the Iceman at all. James is away, having a well-deserved vacation, trying to cool off that global warming with his Icemanic touch. But fear not, we'll keep the show going, and James will be back on the pod next week. We have a couple of guests this week. The first one has four top 10k finishes in seven seasons, with 2,214 his best, and he currently sits around the 100k mark. Welcome, Rich Davis, aka Flapjack. Thanks, Stefan. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm really honoured to be on, on the pod today. So we've got some questions on you. Can you tell us about uh, a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, so I've been playing FPL since um, about eight seasons now. Um, but I guess it all started in the late 90s where I used to play the, da- you know, the Daily Telegraph game in the, in the newspapers. So it was all you know transfers in the post, um, racking up massive phone bills on my parents' landline. Because um, <laughs> you know, it, was all, it all took quite a while. So the, the phones was you know, a quicker way of doing it. Um, then I moved on to Facebook fantasy football for some reason. Um, but yeah, ever since then, it's been FPL. Um, and I joined yeah, Twitter, the surgery Slack in the summer just gone. We have some questions from the listeners as well. We got one from Fantasy Football Tips, who asked, what's your favourite type of flapjack? Oh, wow. Um, I guess homemade ones. Although I've, I've seen the calories in them recently with the Morrison's meal deal, so I do try and avoid, avoid them as much as possible. But yeah, just standard <laughs> homemade ones. Yeah, and we got another one from FBL Dave, which says that your profile pic has been of an Elmo forever. But can you do the voice? I can do the voice, but... I mean, it's so good. I, you know, I don't want to get a copyright strike on the podcast. So, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what his voice is anyway. So you could probably convince me by saying anything. <laughs> How do you not know Elmo's voice? <laughs> uh, I'm from Norway. I have other things. I didn't even mail in my transfers any time. Never mailed in the transfer. Never rung in the transfer. Nothing. Oh, you missed out. That was the good old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the second guest is a seasoned veteran and he has seven top 20k finishes and 11 straight seasons finishing no worse than 60k. Welcome back, Alex Ball, aka Alex Waterbaby. Morning, gents. Thanks for having me back, um, Stefan. Great to be on and nice to, uh, nice to be chatting to you, Rich. It's an early morning your time. Yeah, five, five to six in the morning. So um, I had to have my Iceman's piss break slightly earlier than we normally have it just because uh, I piled in the water before we'd even started. Yeah, and full disclosure, we are recording a bit early this time. So we're recording during the Aston Villa Manchester City game. Tonight's headlines will be chip strategies and Game Week 24 preparation. We're still hanging into the Game Week 24 question, so we need to discuss that a bit. We also discussed the best frontline going forward what to do with United assets. And we're going to have a discussion on Twitter, Slack, podcast, how do we play our old game amidst all the information. And we'll talk Fabianski replacements and goalkeepers more generally. But first off, we're going to take a look at how we're doing so far in the game week. Anyone got Mares? Rich? I don't have Mares, just KDB for me, and I, I don't want him to do anything. <laughs> yeah, how many points do you have now? What did you do before the, the game week? Yeah, so I had quite a lot of options before the game week because I had two free transfers. I had Kane, who was injured, and 0.8 in the bank. So it's one of those situations where I could have basically done anything. I could have got anyone. Um, I ended up doing the sensible thing um, and getting Mane in um, and Mousset, who was benched. Okay. Um, but luckily, I got caught wind of that. So I managed to put Rico in, who was also benched. So <laughs> I think I'm on, yeah, I'm on 46 points you know, as as we talk in the first half of the City game, with just KDB playing, I had Salah captain, 
and actually he's my highest scorer. I haven't had a goal yet, so. <laughs> Are you hoping for a kid to be a goal then, maybe? Or no, afraid, I'd afraid hate of that. That's, the, that's the thing. Yeah. I didn't want a Vardy goal either, so. <laughs> well, and how about you, Alex? How did you get on? Uh, I'm on 48 points and I've got Grealish and De Bruyne playing now. So, um, yeah, I brought in Fabianski, who's promptly already left my team. So I think I think that's possibly the shortest stay of a goalkeeper ever in my team. And I don't think he even made a full calendar week. I think it was literally <laughs> like two days in and then sold him straight away. So, yeah, he's uh, he's already departed. And, yeah, rolled my other transfer, but I've, I've used both of those already. So, yeah, it was a... Uh, Mediocre went Vardy captain. I was going to go. I, I know you went, Stefan. You went Rashford. So um, great, great on your part. I went. The only um, comfort I can take is I probably would have, if I hadn't gone Vardy, I'd have probably gone Jimenez, which would have actually been worse. So as things stand, yeah, pre- I think I'm going to be pretty much middle of the road. Yeah, I did quite well this game week. Also, I got 67 points, and I have only De Bruyne in this game. And as we said, I don't want him to score any points. And I had Rashford captain and my only transfer was Pope to Ryan, which netted me one point, I think. But the biggest thing about that transfer is I could watch that uh, easy goal Pope let in versus Abraham and just know, okay, I don't own that goalkeeper anymore. He, he still can't make any saves, I think. So it's good riddance. It'd be very interesting to see if they if they, they end up dropping him because he's had a few mistakes now. But then, I mean, because they got rid of Heaton, they, I mean, their backup's Joe Hart. So it's, uh, I mean... Yeah, it just seems a difficult spot they're in at the minute. Yeah, but uh, the same with Bournemouth. They might go down. So when push comes to show, maybe they need to do something because Pope really can't save. He's been weak for a long while. Yeah, and you, call, you called it, Stefan. You were the one saying he's he's a bad goalkeeper. And I think that's been proven right. Yeah. It's not that many points difference so far, but it feel good, feels good to have Ryan back in goal. We're going to take a quick look at your patrons also. Andy Portlock, Windspoil and Romfrosk are pledging at the highest tier, so they get an extra special mention each week. And do sign up to the Patreon and the Slack. It's a great group of guys in there still, so we're having fun. And back to the FPL headlines. So, chip strategies and gaming for preparation. There was a bit of talk on Twitter and other media about how to play your chips last week. And uh, suddenly guys were talking a lot about when to free hit, when to play a wild card. Maybe the wild card was the closest one to be used for a lot of people. And also, how do you prepare and how do you spend your chips in gaming 24? So, Alex, what are your chip strategies and how do you prepare for gaming 24? So, my plans are very much up in the air at the minute. Um, I've got so for 24, I had obviously got Fabianski uh, as the goalkeeper. I've got Alexander Arnold and Salah. And my, my plan all along had been very straightforward. Just do Rashford down to DCL and then Ali up to Mane. And that was going to be my triple up. I was, I was, I'm, I'm set on the, the double attack. I, uh, for me, I, I've not got a great rank this season. And I just think I'm, I'm, my triple captain is going on Salah. Um, but I do want to have Mane as cover because I think he he has a chance of going um, doing well. But I just think with a with a with a poor rank, I think Salah triple captain in a in a game week where we know he's more than likely going to play because there's there's a good length in you know between the two games. The game they've got mid you know at the actual weekend is a FA Cup game, and I'm pretty sure Klopp will just play his his kids again like he did v Everton. So. Um, I, I really want to go with the double attack. That's that's the way I've gone. But of course, this week has just thrown it up in the air because now Fabianski's had to go, who I've already sold for MacArthur just because he's he's cheap and Southampton's defending stats are just looking superb. I mean, they they should have 
they should have won by five yesterday. I think they they are actually genuinely looking like quite a good team at the minute. And my other plan, of course, was to sell Rashford. And, and actually, Stefan, to be fair to you, you've been talking to me a little bit over the last week or so saying, you know, look at the fixtures for Rashford. This was before he, he got two goals at the weekend. And of course, I, I think there's a lot of people out there now that are, are just in this really tricky situation of needing to free up cash, but unsure which way they're going to go with it. Yeah, the Rashford thing's a bit strange because... I think we knew he was going to do well this weekend, or Stefan definitely did, um, because they were playing such a poor team. So, I mean, I don't own him, but I feel like if I did, I wouldn't let it change my thinking too much. You know, if he's that, if he's that cash cow, because you know it was it was kind of expected that he would do well. Any thoughts and plans ahead of the double game week twenty four and? How to use your chips, planning to spend them? Um, so I've already used my bench boost. Um, and that, that was kind of on purpose. So when I wildcarded in, I think it was 13 or 14, game week 13 or 14, I wanted to get the bench boost out of the way just to make you know the chip strategy at the end of the season a little bit easier. So I've, I think it kind of simplifies it. And I've already got my three Liverpool players in. So I've got Trent, I've got Salah and I've got Mane. Obviously getting Mane in this week was at the expense of someone like Aguero. So we'll see if that if that was the sensible move going, you know, looking more long term. I know Alex mentioned obviously Rashford. I feel like if I if I had someone like Rashford, I think we expected him to do well this week. They had a you know a fixture at home to Norwich. As a non-owner, I was always fearing what he could do. It's Liverpool away next. So I mean I think if I owned Rashford, which I don't, I'd, I just think it wouldn't, you know, change my thinking on him as an asset. I, I still see him as a cash cow, and it wouldn't scare me to transfer him out, just purely because I think he performed as you'd expect with a fixture like that. Are you guys recommending that maybe you keep guys like Rashford and doing like me and going double defense from Liverpool? Are you still firmly set on double attack, or should double defense be something to be thought of to be able to? get that extra or a couple of extra good assets like Rashford and maybe even some or keeping the Bruyne or stuff? Um, I mean, it, it gives better balance. I, I did play around with it. Um, it gives much better balance for the squad. But I just think, you know, double game weeks, it's a bit of fun. I, I want to have Mane, I want to have Salah. And it gives you the option to which one you captain as yeah. well. So I like having that option as well. Plus, it just makes it a bit more fun for me. I mean, I don't know if, if I had two Liverpool defenders, I wouldn't, like you do, Stefan, I wouldn't go ripping my team up. Yeah, the thing is, I'm, I'm not having fun at all watching Liverpool and <laughs> hoping that they don't concede. And <laughs> I for sure won't have very much fun watching both of those games without Mane. But I think the point stands in FPL that if you if you have a high rank and you want to protect that rank, I think you need to get both uh, attacking guys because Mane will be captain and triple captain so much and Salah will also be captain and triple captain quite a bit so if you want to protect the rank you should definitely get votes for them and if you want to maybe be more adventurous and looking to climb the rankings i think you can mix it up because when i look at the expected points i think it's pretty close if you say have some at home to norwich and robertson compared to having Mane and a cheap defender which doesn't have a double game week so or Salah. so i think it's uh, it's not that big when it comes to expected points, but the end result since this double game will be played just once could be pretty disastrous. And uh, how about uh, the chip strategy? Is anyone thinking of wildcarding or do you recommend guys to wildcard now or to keep it for later? Rich? With the wildcard, because because I've used my bench boost, it opens up that option where I could wildcard whenever I want. I wouldn't be opposed to wildcarding now, but obviously I'm already set up for the, for the double game week, so I'm going to leave it, but I have no fear, you know, of... If I mess my team up, I'll happily, I'll happily click the, click that button, wildcard button, you know, and see where it takes me. How about you, Alex? Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same as Rich on it. I mean, I've, I'm pretty fluid with it. I think I'm pretty set that I'll triple captain Salah in the in the double game week. So that's that'll be one chip gone. Um, wild card, I can see, just because my rank's so poor, I can see myself wild carding sooner rather than later. I'm like I said, I've, I kind of want to. I think bumble through. I've got to figure out like how I'm going to get money in. You know who who's going to go. It's basically got to be Kevin De Bruyne, Rashford, or um, Vardy to go. Whether we follow Iceman's trail of, of going, you know, leaving Vardy. I mean, it's there's. I know there's a, some questions on Leicester, so we'll come back to them. But it, it does seem have they maybe lost their mojo a little bit? I don't know. Maybe it's just that you know maybe they'll they'll come back strong. They've looked so good for the season post double game week the, in, in 24. I can see myself probably wildcarding relatively soon. I'm just I'm just to be honest. I'm finding it quite tricky to work out. I think my sort of original plan was to look at going around 25, 26, just because I can then go to, exactly as you were talking about, Stefan, go to the double Liverpool defence, sell Mane or Salah and then sort of get a more balanced team. But then, you know, I was, I was actually talking to you about it, Stefan, weren't we? we were having a look and I showed you a, a possible draft and you just said, well, basically what's different to your current team? You, yeah, you've put, in some, you've put in some different defenders. But other than that, it's, it's pretty much the same. And I kind of re-looked at it and sort of a four-point or an eight-point hit and I can actually pretty much get to that team. So it's, it's really tricky to sort of work out exactly where we're um, when to wildcard. But for me, I think it will be, in answer to the sort of chip strategy, I think it will be, I would say, before 30 or maybe sort of 31, 32. Just again, just because I need to maximise, mix things up a little bit to try and get up the rankings. Like, you know, I'm, being, I'm around 1.6 million at the minute, so I really need to do something quite soon to sort of to move on if i was sort of higher up so some, somewhere around i don't know say top 250k i'd probably be a bit more conservative and stick to the sort of more general strategy which seems to be around playing the wild court before the double game week which is going to be sort of mid 30s i think is the sort of general thinking so but then of course you don't get much chance to maximize your um the, the players you're bringing in on your wild card so i think i think you've really got to look at it depending on where where your team is at I know uh, Richard Norvik's, sorry, Richard, if I've pronounced your name wrongly there, uh, is playing his wild card at the minute um, just because he had a number of fires to put out. He had double spurs and he just wants to mix things up. His rank's around mine as well, so he's not having a great season. So I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I don't think, you know, he's going to be hopefully sort of ahead of the ahead of the curve by bringing in players that that um, maybe we can't quite get to because you know the thing that we're finding now is is we're all focusing our efforts on getting in the Liverpool players and of course I mean City is tearing Aston Villa apart at the minute as is all the, all what you know Watford are quietly going about their business and doing doing superbly well you know they, they haven't um, they haven't lost in a while they're scoring goals they've got cheap assets but you know yeah, you asked the question, Stefan, when we came on, who's got any Watford players? And none of us have. Whereas if you were on wildcard now, you could look at using maybe SAR as an enabler. So as regards to the, the last chip strategy, I think bench boost will be, I'll be using it to use that then just because I think that you get to, to maximise the points by having your players play twice. Even if they don't really do much, you're getting double the appearance points for, for, for players on your bench. So that makes the most sense for me. Um, my take on this is uh, I probably want to wildcard maybe gaming 32, 33, somewhere around that to get some game weeks out of the wildcard. And I don't think, for my team at least, I don't think I need to wildcard in game week 25 or something. We also have a question from FPL Teach Mode who asks, do we move off double pool attack straight after the double game week or ride it till the end of the year? Big up, Flappy. So, Rich. Yeah, so I think I'll probably try and stay on them as long as possible. Um, I don't feel like my team's been that compromised 
I mean, I've got quite low transfer value and my team still doesn't look like that bad with both of them in. So I think I would try and stay on them for as long as possible because those fixtures up, you know, after the double are just incredible. But then I guess at the same time, they're a nice cash cow again, if needed, because maybe you want to look at someone like Son or maybe even the Arsenal assets like Pepe and Aubameyang. I know that might be a bit left field. So I kind of like tr- trying to keep the money there and, you know, we can all we can always move on if needed. Okay, so uh, any West Ham players for the for the double game week? M. Bison asks, who is the most attacking nailed on budget West Ham defender to bring in for a double? Is it safe to switch KDB for Mane for a double game week? Um, yeah, I had a, I had a quick look at the the West Ham defenders. Um, I know Ma- Matsuaka; he played out of position the other day, but he didn't look very good. He got subbed off just after the hour, yeah. and I just had a look at his stats, and his XGI was zero point zero four. So that's goal that's goal threat and assist threat. So I mean maybe he's one to monitor. I guess if you're desperate to get a West Ham defender, you could look at Cresswell at 4.7. He's got three goals and four clean sheets in the 14 games he's played. But I mean you could be you could possibly end up getting minus points in the double game week. It could get to the point where you almost don't want them to play the second game. Yeah. Um, so I think for me with the West Ham assets it's goalkeeper at most. Yeah, now with Fabianski um, out, I think we should just avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah, and some people might be tempted to go for this Martin at 4.1. But I mean, they're trying They're trying to sign someone back from the championship, aren't they? So I agree. I'll just try and avoid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, small disclaimer. We had some issues with our recording software. So we now switched to Skype, which has a lower sound quality. But we will still continue with our FPL headlines. Although at this point, the Man City game is well done. We know that it was 6-1 and we are going to discuss headline number two. That is the best frontline going forward. And we're also going to discuss what to do with United assets and also maybe take a look and have some reactions on the Manchester City asset. So guys, is Wardy dispensable with a blank coming up? Is Inks a must-have? Rashford, Mope, DCL, what is the best frontline going forward, Alex? Tough question, tough question. So currently I'm on Vardy, Rashford and Ings, which I quite like. Interestingly, I was talking to Rich just before and we were discussing striker that everyone's bringing in that actually not even didn't have a shot in the box, didn't even touch the ball in the box, and that's Neil Mope. But that is a classic, as Rich was saying before, that is a classic form versus fixtures vision to make there because he's got a terrible-looking Aston Villa and Bournemouth over the next two games. Uh, Interestingly, Villa have just signed Pepe Reina. So whether that's going to suddenly tighten them up, because I did notice watching the City game last night that the goalkeeper, I, can't, I, I don't even know what his name is. Erian Nilan. It's a Norwegian, so... <laughs> so say it again. Erian Nilan is his name. It's okay, easy. <laughs> easy. Yeah, easy, easy for an Englishman living in New Zealand. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was Nyland. <laughs> yeah. We'll just go with the guy that played in goal for Aston Villa that probably should have saved at least one of the goals last night. Probably yeah. won't be in goal. So maybe... Maybe that's a little bit makes things a little bit better for Villa having an experienced keeper in uh, that's come in. But but even so, I mean, it doesn't uh, it doesn't mean that I I still think that Neil Mopai is a, is a great signing purely because of those two fixtures. So I wouldn't be putting anyone off him. Rashford's an interesting one. Again, just talking to you uh, to to you two beforehand, he's actually someone that, despite his exceptionally good form, um, especially at home, which you know he's got three nice home games over the next five. He's potentially the one that's going to go to fund Mane for me. Interestingly, we were just talking about the idea of maybe bringing in Greenwood. Rich will talk in a second, I suspect, on his his, um, expected goals. 
because they are um, sorry, not his expected goals. Is 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 his XI, isn't it? Is it XG? Yeah, it was his it was his XG on his on his recent goals. I haven't got the exact numbers, but he's scoring from very low XGs. I know at the weekend it was zero point zero four, for example. So that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, that just means he he's either very clinical or very lucky, depending on which way you read the stats. Um, for me, I, I like watching the for passing the eye test when he plays, he looks good, and and so that's enough even with the XI to go. I think he's he's a worthwhile punt. So I might actually go Rashford to Greenwood, which allows me to play Cantwell, which I've got sort of a minor obsession about doing this week. It, it means benching other people and then playing Greenwood next week when they're at home to Burnley, which I think is a nice fixture, and just hope he gets you know half an hour, forty five minutes off the bench and and can do something. But I think. Just back to the ideal forward line, I think Ings is becoming just a must. I mean, he had nine shots in the in the box at the weekend. And uh, as a non-owner, to get away with just five points, it feels like a, a minor miracle. He really could have had three goals. So I think Ings is a very, very good bar. He's 6.8 now, but I still think he's, he's excellent value. And he just seems to be he just seems to be someone that we've been, you know, overlooking for. Or some people got in him early and well done if you did, but others have been overlook him i think there's just no, no reason not uh, not to jump on him now what, what do you fellas reckon about vardy I'm, I'm a little bit stumped on him yeah for me for me i'm gonna just keep but it sounds a bit like uh with soyinchu or any lesser assets i'm just gonna hold him for this burnley game away at burnley and i guess just see what he does there because it's been hard to judge him recently because he's he missed those couple of games been a few changes at leicester as well in the midfield so I'm not going to sell him urgently because I, I don't see anyone I'd want to jump to. I'd still rather have someone like Vardy over over Rashford. I'm not that desperate for Aguero, for example. I, I, want to, I did look at him getting it, you know, for this week. And his next fixture against Palace is quite nice. But he's just at, he's just too expensive for anything more than the punt. So I'm going to hold Vardy for now. Just see, just see what happens there. I think he's gone from a, a season keeper, as some might say, to, you know, someone to monitor. Yeah, I think Vardy still should be in everyone's teams. And he, he did a couple of weak games, as did Leicester, but he has Burnley away, and Burnley has been conceding lots of goals. So there's no reason that Vardy shouldn't do well at the weekend. So I, I'd much rather hold him than Rashford. And Rashford, I was kind of thinking he should stay in my team for the Burnley game. But as you guys have been talking about, maybe I need that cash for someone else. And maybe if you're lucky, maybe even Greenwood starts that game against Burnley. Or Manchester United play against Liverpool on Sunday, and then they have Burnley at the Wednesday. So you kind of think maybe Greenwood gets a start against Burnley. The same with Williams, of course, from Manchester United, which has suddenly become a pretty good asset. Maybe if Young also leaves the club, he's he should be playing a lot more. Shaw is currently injured, I think. So I think Greenwood may be a cheap way to cover Rashford's points or potential points in the Burnley game. And for me, I will use the Rashford money to somehow get to some, I think, and also get inks. If I'm previewing the Mikkel Kukwam's algorithm a bit, he will recommend me to go for inks and selling Rashford. And I hadn't thought about it that much before he gave me that tip. And I think the more I think about it, it just makes sense because inks is unstoppable and he seems to be the must-have that maybe Vardy was before. And those who were late on Vardy and those who had already been late on Ings have been punished for it. So maybe it's just time to chase the points from Ings and hopefully Rashford <laughs> will stay quiet against Liverpool. Although, if there's one player who will score against Liverpool, it should be Rashford. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's all this talk about Manu only, uh, attackers only really score against the big teams, which... I don't, I don't buy into it at all. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's definitely something to it. 
But I think they the one thing that they um, Martial James and uh, Rashford seem to have, and I'm no expert at it, so please correct me if I'm wrong, is they've just got a lot of a lot of speed, so they're really able to attack teams on the break. Liverpool are a, a team that are good at covering attacks like that, but I still think that you know those those three have the opportunity to to score. So holding Rashford versus Liverpool is maybe not the worst thing. And, you know, you could definitely see a Rashford or a Martial return. But I agree. I think it's a good time to, to switch maybe to, um, to to Greenwood if needed. I did have an interesting stat. Sorry to go back to Vardy again. He's actually only had, in his last four games that he's played, he's only had three shots on target. And it's actually wow. the same as Neil Morpé. So, I mean, shots in the box, it's Vardy's got seven and Morpé's got two. But shots on yeah. target... They're actually I, I think actually we one thing Rich we could look at is, is those fixture swing. Oh no, that doesn't work. No, ignore me. No, I was about to say we've got two nice fixtures to look at Vardy and then we could switch over to more pay, but more pay's got his two nice fixtures now as well. Yeah. So more pay's very you know, his fixtures are nice right now. <laughs> and the, the thing that made sense to me before was keeping more pay. I brought him in three weeks ago and keeping him until game week twenty six where I would just jump on inks. But suddenly waiting until game week 26 for Ings seems just too long overweight. And I also think that Morpé, since I've been owning him for the last few game weeks and watching the games, I think he's, uh, he's a frustrating player to own because he, he doesn't take that many shots. Usually he took some shots in, in the one game, but they were bad shots. And he got mm. lucky assist. And other than that, he basically does next to nothing. Maybe he is involved a bit in the link-up play. And I know you shouldn't expect too much from... A, 5.8 million striker. But I think he, after the Villa game, I might actually move him on to get to other more juicy players. I think what sold me with Morpay, because at the time when I got Morpay, I had a choice between Morpay, it was three weeks ago, I had a choice between Morpay, Ings and Calvert-Lewin. Obviously, points-wise, I made the wrong decision. But Morpay's on penalties, so that was my deciding factor. But if he doesn't have any shots against Villa... I might actually join you in selling them, despite having that Bournemouth game straight afterwards. Yeah, the Villa game will be make or break for Mopé, I think. If he impresses and Brighton impresses in that game, he could stay for a bit longer, maybe. Brighton do look good sometimes. I still remember that. I think it was game week eight when they played Spurs and they looked absolutely incredible. And if we we can see that Brighton again against Villa, because I was even looking at doubling up at one point, I was almost thinking, could I get Mopé and Connolly, Mopé and Trossard? You're right. The, the numbers they're putting up, I've not got to watch them that much recently, but the numbers they're putting up are just not very impressive. Oh, but I still think it's a case if you own more pay and you don't have inks and you don't have any easy way to go to inks, maybe it's still viable to keep more pay for now and go to inks in game 26, although it does seem a bit late. Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? It almost feels like with these two fixtures, you've just got to kind of give them the, the fixtures and then reassess after those two but yes yeah, so hard to ignore rings now it just you know I think the thing for me is less the fact he scored on Saturday and just those stats and and you know watching I didn't watch the, the whole game but I watched the extended highlights and oh I, I, I honestly don't know how he didn't score you know there was it, it was one of those ones that even though I knew he'd only got five points I was watching it like almost with my eyes half closed thinking He's going to score another one. It was ridiculous. I was just going to say with Vardy, you know, having no shot at home against the Southampton team where he got a hat trick, you know, a few months ago. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was one of those ones that really flipped it on its head. I think just shows how much Southampton have improved, really. It does. And I think as non-owners, I mean, we, we, none of us ownings. We, I think we got very, very lucky that first of all, he only scored one goal. And secondly, that he decided to take his shirt off. So, you know, so that yeah. it was only five points. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And he struggled to take it off, so I was hoping just get it off, get it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't give up now. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Be persistent. Yeah. 
It basically cost him three points, I think, yeah. yes, and yes. lost a couple of bonus points. He should be in the ideal forward line. All right, boys, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yep. Uh, you've got you've got two free transfers, nothing to do, unlimited money. What three strikers would you have right now if you could choose any three? It's unlimited money. Yeah. So you could ju- you could choose anyone now you wanted. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about anything. What would you go for? I'd probably go for Vardy Aguero as funds up, you know, just for that Palace game. And then I think it would actually be Ings, which is madness. Is I mean, fun? maybe I'd go Jesus, actually. Just <laughs> Actually, no, I probably would go for oh. go for them three, just because it's unlimited. So Jesus, Aguero and Vardy. Uh, I think I'm going to still go with Vardy, Rashford and Ings. I think the, the, lot, the Manchester City lottery is, isn't for me still. How about the guys who own Aguero? Should I still captain him for the weekend? If you owned him, I, I would. He's done you yes, well in, in the last game. I wouldn't go getting him in. I'm, you know, I'm not going to tear my team up for one game. But I think you just roll the dice again. He's rewarded you with 40 points. So see if you can make it 80. If I had him, he would be my captain without a doubt. So for the guys who had Aubameyang and his red card, it's an easy switch to Aguero, or do you downgrade to a guy like Ings? Well, see, that's 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 a tricky one because I think Aguero does have a nice fixture, but then. Their fixtures stiffen up a little bit and they're likely to have a blank or, or could well have a blank. Oh, it's tough. I, I think I, I think if I didn't have Ings and I didn't have Aguero, I would get Ings in now just purely because of the funds by going Aubameyang to Ings. The funds you're freeing up allow you to do a, a, a whole host of things with your team. So, yeah, I, I think for me, I would um, go Ings and just yeah be, be quite happy with it. If you've got Ings already then and you've got you know your three players i think it's fine to go aguero and, and captain this week i think that's a fine move but i think ings would be priority for me yeah, yeah i guess it depends how well set up you are for the for the double game week and what your team looks like because i guess on one hand you could look to prepare for you know for, for that double and get another liverpool player in or start clearing the funds to get that liverpool mid in so i'd probably I'll t- go that way i'll tell you a player just i know i know we've been going on with this question quite a while but i'll tell you a player we haven't talked about is and and even would fit into my team structure perfectly right now. I've only got two Liverpool. Is Firmino? I mean, he's scored. I haven't got the stats in front of me. Has he scored like in his last? Oh, I don't know. He scored a, a, quite a number of goals in his last away games. They've got two away fixtures in that in the game coming up, and it's just it, in some ways it would be you know, Stefan, you've got Rashford as well. Uh, oh no, you you already got your three Liverpool. Though, so it's been yeah, and all set. But if you if you didn't, is Firmino someone you'd be interested in? I think he's a sneaky player because, and the problem with him is you can never sort of predict when he is going to get his goals. He scores them at random places. He had. One goal against Crystal Palace, a couple against Leicester, one against Tottenham. And the, the next one before Palace, he went one, two, three, four, five, six games without even a goal and an assist. Yeah. So, sure. so I think it's a tricky one. I can't really yeah. get to trust him, although he always ends up with some points. It's quite good for bonus points. He's yeah, got he's... 17 this season. That actually surprised me because I, I looked at them thinking it was going to be a negative point, but... <laughs> it surprises me because I thought the defenders would steal a lot of bonus, and then Mane and Salah. But I, I think the thing the thing that makes it quite interesting is I'm I'm assuming that you've got everyone's got Mane or Salah for this week, and you know you you could go backwards and forwards as to which one you captain for the sorry for the double game week. So I'm assuming so everyone will have Mane or Salah, and you know it's going to be personal preference on which you which you choose to captain. 
you, there is this argument for covering the other, whichever you don't own, because they will be captain quite highly. So if you're, you're captaining Salah, just owning Mane sort of cuts the uh, cuts the losses if he does go and score or do something. But there's part of me that's thinking, as you can only captain one, Firmino would be quite an interesting you know, third choice for our forward lines. He does tend to be the one that maybe scores in those tighter games, you know, where it's it's a bit more, you know, they're, they're only winning by one or two goals, which may be against, maybe against uh, Wolves, that's what will happen. But yeah, I, look, I probably won't do it myself, but it's just an idea to throw out there. Yeah, yeah. and also and also people that will go for Firmino, and I think it's it's an okay move, but I would really try to aim for either the defenders or the midfielders. But in some teams and in some setups, maybe Firmino just makes the most sense, and uh, you shouldn't just wreck your whole team to get, uh, for example, Mane and Salah in if you have an easy way to get to Firmino, maybe and maybe move him on later after the double yeah. game week. He's not a captain option, I think. And I, and I know we wouldn't captain him, but I, I could see a world where I captain Trent. You know, I yeah. couldn't see a world where I'd captain Firmino. No, I agree. I, I just have a sneaky, I have a sneaky feeling we'll talk after this double game week and maybe Mane and Salah have scored one or two or three or four, but Firmino's got one or two as well. And it's not so much that we made the wrong call by going with Mane or Salah, but it's what you have to do to get... Mane Salah into your teams whereas like I say for me now I could do that now for free well I can't because I've used my two free transfers but like if, <laughs> uh, for next week for example I could use it just by going Rashford to Firmino easy done whereas anything else is involving hits so I'm just wondering when we take up how much you're changing your team whether we look back and go oh yeah when he got he scored you know one goal or two goals and got an assist then he's not that far behind Mane and Salah or he could have blanked and I could look like uh, yeah, totally wrong call, but <laughs> it was just a thought that came to my mind then when we were talking. Yeah, but uh, regarding Rashford, we also had a question from All Hail King Abu, which asks, is it worth ditching Rashford in order to get Mane in to join TAA and Salah, or keep Rashford and get Robertson in? This is basically a question we have been talking a bit about, and with Rashford, you need to sell him this game week, I think, rather than next game week, because in the case where you have Rashford at home to Burnley, or you can switch him out for, say, Firmino, or maybe even a double switch to Mane, it seems to be a bad timing. Rashford can easily outscore Firmino just in a single game. And, and with other thoughts, selling yeah. Rashford? I think I think your logic makes perfect sense, Stefan. I think though for me, I'm I was actually when we first recorded, you know, when we were first talking about this, we've had to, you know, with a few issues with the recording, we've we've had a bit of a break since we did it. And I was very much set on holding Rashford. Whereas now actually I think I'm actually going to I think I will be selling him and I'm gonna be doing unfortunately probably what you're saying, which is gonna make it even harder. I'm probably gonna to have to hold him this week just because there's no point in me taking a a hit to do it i think even though rich we were just talking before and i was saying i'm i'm, I'm all set to do a minus eight i've calmed down <laughs> a little bit and i think um i think actually the logical thing for me is i'm just going to hold rashford play him at home uh, play him sorry against liverpool then i'm gonna have to just bite the bullet and sell him for greenwood next week in order to get ali ali up to Mane, which i don't love but i actually think we you know stefan you made some points as well about the the fixtures for man united and just that they've maybe got a bit of congestion there maybe greenwood versus burnley he actually gets some game time so it allows me to play campwell this week bench campwell next week so campwell versus bournemouth and then next week i'll um bench campwell and play uh, greenwood against burnley and just and just hope that um he gets a bit of time off the bench for it yeah and if you're looking at uh, another question we had from Just Gabriel, he asks, best assets 6 million to 7.5 million at any position? And I guess he means midfield and strikers. 
Rich, any thoughts on who the best assets are in that price range? Six to seven and a half million. I actually yeah. had a little look at a, a table over the last four game weeks of shots on target for midfielders. And right up there, we've got Cantwell. Uh, he's had four shots on target. But the problem with him is he's got one good game now. Because you want Norwich assets in home games. And that would be right this game week. It's against Bournemouth, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, so I'd, I'd want Cantwell against Bournemouth this week. But it would only be a one-week punt. The player I really like the look of at the moment is Saar for Watford. Um, he's 6.2 million. Over the last four, he's had eight shots in the box and he's created five chances as well. Two of them were classified as big chances. But I guess it depends, you know, on what price point you're looking at because it's quite a quite a broad spectrum, really, isn't it? Between six and seven and a half million. And yeah. there's a few below six million that look quite good. And there's a few just above as well, you know, when with players like Madison, Martial. How about uh, Grealish? Grealish, I'm not a huge fan of. Maybe it's partly I resent not getting him over Christmas, you know, for that for that game where he hauled. Just I know he's a he'd be seen as a talisman, but Villa just haven't looked good recently. So for me, I I think I'd rather look at the Watford assets. I find them a little bit more exciting. Maybe it's just because they're just coming to the fore. I think Decore is a nice shout. Um, Stefan, you mentioned he's played at number ten for the last couple of um, couple of weeks, and I think he does look really really good. I, I also like. Uh, just just from watching the highlights of him, I think he looks back to that that form he could. So he it could be nice to jump on him if he's because he's only five point six million. Definitely agree with Rich on his Campwell um, picks. I think most of his hauls have come at home. So if you're getting him, you've got to get him. I think this week against Bournemouth. I think he was very unlucky against Man United. I mean, he he had that really nice shot that De Gea made a beautiful save from, and I think you know even he looked shocked that it had been missed. And I I really think Campwell at four point nine million is it, just like I was saying. I might well do is play him this week and then bench him next week for, for Greenwood against Burnley. So I think, you know, if, if, if you're using the money to get to your, your Liverpool assets, you know, the big Liverpool asset, I think that's a that's a viable option to do. Um, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's someone we didn't actually talk about in the forward line, he's looked very attacking. And if you compare Calvert-Lewin to Morpay, because they're the same price or, or, you know, virtually the same price, Calvert-Lewin actually comes out on top. It's just, as we discussed, you, are you going with a man that, like I think he was very unlucky not to to get a goal at the weekend. I think it was to book him for handball seemed a, a bit of an odd decision to me. Um, but I think you know he's getting in those areas. He's definitely having shots, and I think Calvert Lewin would be another option. But again, it's hard to go with Calvert Lewin when you look at more pays next two fixtures. If you're looking for a forward in that price bracket, that's a, it's a really tough call. Just because I think Villa and Bournemouth are defending so poorly, so I think I would. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I really like Calvert Lewin, but I think I'd punt on more pay just because of those two fixtures now. But it's it's a tough one. It really is. How about Troy Deeney? No one's mentioning him. He keeps picking up the points as well, and he's pretty cheap and in an in, on an inform Watford team. Six point two. Yeah, he's another one. One of these players where his XG's never got that good, and I know it's not always the be all and end all. But for example, this week I think it was zero point. Yeah, 0.17. And he just never seems that prolific. So I think that's why people are overlooking him. Plus, you can get players like like we mentioned, like Morpay and Calvert-Lewin for cheaper as well. I've kind of missed the, the, the Watford game this week. What was his goal? Was it a penalty or was it an open play goal? Open play. Because I know he's he's kind of relied on penalties in the past a little yeah. bit or, you know, has a bit of a reputation for it. But yeah, I don't mind that. I I'm having to, because we're re-recording, I'm having to record from a car park and we're out camping now. So I've had to drive up to somewhere to get some space and I can't get online. What's, what, what are Watford's fixtures like? Are they quite nice over the next few? Decent mix, I think. Okay. They have the Spurs, yeah. Aston Villa away, Everton, Brighton, Manchester United, Liverpool. So they're not great. Um, no, but they're not they were, too bad either, you know. There's, I, I don't mind the Dean shout. I think I'd uh, rather go for Rich's shout of Saar or Decore 
uh, ahead of him just because of the midfielder, extra points for scoring, etc., etc. And Saar has looked superb. So that's, that's a kind of tough one. I think Saar has got an unfair bad reputation after those misses against Liverpool because yes. everyone misses big chances. And in the league EFL Cup, Sterling missed them. Um, Missed the ball, like yeah, <laughs> and a huge yeah. chance against. Yeah. And no one and saying Sterling is bad. So well, well because he's Pepe's because he's dropped him for the last two. Yeah, games. so Pep's <laughs> obviously like that. That's it. You had your chance. You're yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I think Sar still is a great player and he's young and he's. I think it, the the best thing about Watford is you're you're betting on a team that's in form and you believe will do well. At least I believe yeah. that they will do well. Any final thoughts on the front line or um, United I'm, assets, Rich? I've got a couple more midfielders I looked at, actually, but just very briefly. I'm not really considering them for this week. Um, one of them's hudson Adoy. Because, oh, yeah, nice shout. Yeah, because yeah. he's 5.3 million. I mean, I think they're playing Newcastle this week. Personally, I'm not considering it because I've done my transfers already. But, I mean, his stats are looking pretty decent considering he's only played, you know, he played the full 90 at the weekend. It's only little cameos before that. But he's putting up some pretty big numbers you know, especially for that price bracket. Over the last four, again, it's 14 penalty area touches and eight goal attempts, five in the box. I mean, for that price, I know his, his name's mud with a lot of people because his price dropped because so many people bought him and then had to sell him. But Pulisic is injured. But I've I was seen... just about to say, do you reckon that's because of the Pulisic injury? Do you reckon he, he sort of reverts back to being a, a bench player when Pulisic returns? See, I almost don't know. But then it's at that price, 5.3, yeah, the same price yeah. as Decore, roughly. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't consider him myself. I've taken enough gambles recently and they've not paid off. So, <laughs> I, w- I would lean Ducore on that one. Get the guy who will play every single game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, true. And, the, and, and the informed team, which sounds yeah. strange, but Watford are more informed than Chelsea. Okay, guys, that's it for the forward talk. We, we talked a bit about pretty much both midfielders and forwards, so let's move on. This brings us over to our fourth headline, which is regarding Twitter's Slack Pods podcast. How do we play our own game? How do we go about playing our own game in this scenario where we get so much information week to week? Alex, could you elaborate on this point a bit? Um, yeah, so this this is something I've been battling with because I yeah um, I've been playing a long time now. I think it's sort of thirteen, fourteen seasons now of FPL. And eleven first eleven seasons, I never finished outside the top sixty k. And, you know, was pretty consistent. Then last year, 500K really struggled. And this this year, I'm 1.6 million. And I'm really thinking that something that has possibly been, you know, has, has influenced me is like, I, you know, with the, the sort of rise of Slack over the last couple of seasons. And I think also, you know, Twitter is a big, a big part of, of what we do. I wonder how much, you know, I get influenced by things. You know, I, I've always listened to podcasts, but I think podcasts are quite interesting because you sort of, you, you're not, interacting with the person you're just listening to it's like reading an article you read an article listen to something on on a podcast and then you digest it you're not having that interaction i think as soon as for me especially is as soon as i start getting interaction with like twitter or slack i tend to find myself getting swayed and i really wonder if this is what has been my downturn over the last couple of seasons i mean you know there's lots of other things increasing players obviously has a means that you know it's harder to get those ranks that we used to get i think also that um uh, the amount of information means that any anybody now can get hold of information incredibly easily from from any sort of source. So that means that players are getting a lot better at, uh, at it, whereas maybe you know historically it was probably a little bit easier to get a slightly higher rank. But I'm 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 wondering if that's been one of my personally one of my big downfalls is that I have as soon as I I get very easily swayed by things that I'm 
I'm sort of reading and and um, interacting with them. So is it is it time to to sort of step away from those sort of things? I actually did it over Christmas. I, I backed away from Twitter, just deleted it off my phone. And same with Slack. I sort of had a real um, step back from it. And um, I don't know if it improved my game over that period. <laughs> I, I didn't, my rag didn't particularly improve, but I'd certainly from a like my own well-being point of view, I felt a lot happier with it because I, I don't know. I, I guess I've got one of those personalities that's probably a little bit um, addictive and gets, you know, I get drawn in and I have to start be reading and looking at things. So I'd just be really interested to hear your guys' thoughts on 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 that and, you know, whether your seasons have improved because of Slack, Twitter and, you know, just, just the general increase in, in the amount of noise about FPL or whether you actually think that it, it has been detrimental to you. I have a question for each share as well from FPL Ferrell who asks, how much should FPL be an individual game and how much should people seek advice? Should people be led by individuals or seek overall advice from groups or in polls? I think it, I quite like being able to get as much information as possible from as many different people because it opens you up to a you know a bigger player pool. I mean, a good example of that, I think was Doherty. I think it was last year, Matt Doherty. I'd never heard of him, but you know, some people were posting about him on Fantasy Football Scout. They were you know, they made you aware of him before he became, you know, almost an essential asset. And I do also think, you know, sometimes we can, we, we don't remember the times like that where, you know, we're given good advice. I think we remember the ones where we're talked out of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess a good one would be, I mean, I was looking at um, bringing in Aguero for Kane. I had the exact money and I would have captained him. And obviously he's got a hat trick and he's got a assist as well so it, it would be easy to remember something like that as you know as if you see what i mean as being talked out of it rather than sorry guys i'm not making any sense here <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's I the same thing with lundstrom lundstrom mm. before the season because okay we saw him playing the the games from sheffield united the preseason games okay he, he wasn't a defender he was a midfielder he had some assists it sort of should have stopped there looking at okay this is a 4.0 million defender who plays midfield for a team that's defensively sound don't think about it but then mm -hmm. at least for my part i started doing those forums on sheffield united and everyone was down on lundstrom and said ah he's he's never going to get in a team and he's bad bro so so i got swayed off of him and i went with rico instead and those small decisions i think can be wrong if you just go too deep sometimes the most intuitive good thing is the best thing and you might forget about the easy logical path when you're getting too much static noise from all the Twitter, Slack and podcasts and all the different ideas and looking at say 50 teams on Twitter it just it might confuse you a bit. It does and I guess that's why all the teams end up starting to look quite similar uh, and then yeah. it's quite a small pool of players we're all working with I mean I think there's 450 players in the game as in players we can choose but not more we don't use more than 40 of them do we 40 or 50 of them that's no, true i think the interesting thing this season is there i mean we all talk about the the template and so on but i actually think that there actually is a um a real a real tricky decisions to be made i think i think in the past it's been the template has been quite strong whereas you know you you are being rewarded for breaking the template this season i mean i think this this game week is a prime example of it you know anyone that went city has has, has done really well out of it whereas i think a lot of um a lot of people you know who who play more cautiously you know like like i do um i was i was thinking i think this week as, a, as an example i was thinking too far ahead you know i was thinking if i you know roll you know just get fabianski roll my transfer and actually you know think about getting money in for that um ali spot 
you know, next week or the week after, that'll be the way to go. And actually, it, sometimes you just got to go bugger it, you know. Villa are not looking great. City are an attacking team. Grab one of their players and, and stick it in. And, you know, if you've got Mares or Aguero, or you, you've done well out of it, you know. And, and I think that's where it's probably interesting on my part was is that I probably would listen to someone talking to me about oh you know being cautious and stuff and i'd be like yeah, yeah that's a good idea and you know that that's the that's that's the thing that that probably sways me is it is it, i don't i don't really i think i'm very good at not listen you know i can i can analyze like you said rich it's it's getting the information i can i can get take that information on board but i think when i see lots of ideas and stuff then i get a bit confused and that's probably where maybe twitter and slack are for, for and it, you know this is just me personally you know I think it's that idea that I I'm literally having to I see so many teams so many different ideas and it just gets me a bit confused by the whole lot you know I just I'm, I'm struggling to filter whereas when it's just reading or listening you can actually take that information in because you, you're just giving feedback uh, sorry giving ideas you're not directly seeing other teams and, and things I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, it's just something that came to me, you know, just because of the sort of dramatic downturn in rank I've had for someone who's so active. I'm not saying I'm a particularly good manager, but it's just that idea that, you know, I'm very actively involved and that, you know, and if you're spending that much time and you've got, you know, you're playing with the dead teams, it's quite, it's quite demoralizing as part of it. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it does. It does make complete sense. But I guess the other way you could see it is you could have gone for Sterling, for example. And had a nightmare because of that. So it's, I mean, all these people that have triple city now, next week they might get punished, or or punished might be the wrong word. But you're playing, you're playing really low floor and a really high ceiling with those city assets. And I think that's what scared me out of it. And I think, like you, I was thinking so much on getting my third Liverpool rather than punting on Aguero. And I think also (laughs) another point I've just thought of is I think because not many people have Aguero, it seems quite scary. Might be the wrong word, but probably the closest word it seems quite scary going for someone like that because you're the only person with them mm. um yeah. or one of the only people and i that, i guess that can put you off when you're seeing other other teams posted that you know all look very similar and don't have players like aguero and last week uh, with sterling got that oh. one minute cameo he just showed that punting on the city players can also go wrong and exactly. it could have could have gone wrong today also of course so it's it's not a safe bet to go to sit, go with City. You uh, you gamble a bit. But board from Slack asks if you're looking to climb, is a strategy of differential captains the best way to beat the mini league or the Twitter template at this point? I mean, obviously, if you'd gone for someone like Aguero this week, Holmares, that would that would have been brilliant. I think we're gonna have. I think this next game week is going to be the last one where we can really go for differential captains, because I mean, after 24, I can't see any reasonable reason to go for anyone apart from a Liverpool asset. Mm, um, because the point. thing is, if you, if you punt on someone yeah. that, say you don't captain Salah or Mane, not only do you need them to blank, but you need your captain to score. Because yeah. if, Sal- if Salah and Mane both score and you captain Puki, for example, you you need your captain to score and the Liverpool players to blank to make any ground. So I don't think it's the safest way. I think if you're going to make have a punt on a captain, this might be the last week for for a while in, in my eyes anyway yeah i think game extended three which which is coming up now i think you also can be some a bit creative with your captain mm. there's no clear choice for me at the current moment i think that would be the last one for a while yeah. <laughs> i totally agree from gaming 25 if not inks keeps up <laughs> keeps up his form you can maybe start captaining inks but uh, other than that i think the little assets will be pretty much go to and you'll 
have to find the differentials elsewhere. On to the last headline of today, Fabianski replacement and goalkeepers. We talked a lot about Fabianski and goalkeepers last pod, but since Fabianski went and got himself injured, we need to take another look at the goalkeepers. And Matt Hatter from Slack asks, Now that Fabianski looks to be injured for a few weeks and I just brought him in, what are the best replacements in that price bracket and can I claim on my home insurance for a fist-related <laughs> television incident? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a tough one for all who brought in Fabianski and I could have been one of them had I had Point one more in the bank last game week. So what do you do with Fabianski now? My personal opinion is you need to take him out if you don't have any secondary goalkeeper. Just take a hit for him. It will pay back the hit either way. And for my part, I will go for Henderson now because after the next two games, he has a brilliant set of fixtures. So that would be my pick. And Alex, what would be yours? So I've, I've done it. I had him and I just, just got rid of it. Money was tight for future moves and I thought my option was going to rise so um, I actually went for um, McCarthy I think um, just I've just got the stats up in front of me for the the defensive stats and, and Southampton are just so much so much more improved and they the 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 thing with Southampton is their fixtures are a little bit up and down so they've got Wolves home next week well I don't think I think that they stand a chance of a clean sheet then they've got Crystal Palace away which again I, th- I think they've got a good chance of a clean sheet there Palace aren't scoring particularly well Liverpool away uh, enough said but then they've got Burnley home Aston Villa home West Ham away Newcastle home Norwich away Arsenal home which could be tough, and then Aston Villa away. And I just think for a 4.3 with a team that defensive defensively are doing pretty well, I want him in my team because I think when it comes to playing the bench boost or wildcard and then bench boost, having McCarthy as the second keeper, if I've got him at 4.3, I, I just think that's a great option. I think, you know, I'm happy to have him as my number one keeper over the next few weeks. Wildcard, I'll be leaving him in, grabbing him a, te- a keeper. So my, my original plan was when I played wildcard, I was going to get McCarthy to, to pair with Fabianski because um, they actually rotate really nicely. And then obviously coming up to the bench boost, that would have been great. So I, I, I don't think this is one to, to overthink. I, I do like the Henderson shout. I think Sheffield United look uh, look defensively very solid. I'm, again, just the defensive stats in front of me, they, they're up there with Southampton as well. But the problem, of course, is they've got Arsenal away, then Man City home, which are two tough fixtures. Then it's Crystal Palace away, Bournemouth home, Brighton home. Aston Villa away and Norwich home and Newcastle away. So they've got a, gr- a really nice run of fixtures before they've got a couple of tricky ones in there as well. So the the, the difference, of course, for between the two is is the the cost in price. Like if you're buying if you're buying now, um, Henderson costs you four point nine, whereas um, McCarthy's four point three. Yeah, they're they're the two I like as well. Um, I'm I'm on Henderson. I think you might have mentioned it on the pod last week, but in thirty one, Henderson can't play against. Man United, because obviously he's on loan from them. But according to Ben Krellin, that's going to be the most likely week people free hit. So if you're free hitting a 31, I like Henderson. But I mean, Alex makes you know some really good points for McCarthy. And I guess if you need that money, if you've got bad team value, maybe maybe he's worth it as well. Okay, we've got another question from Josh Fosh. Uh, who asks, should I switch Fabianski for a set and forget keeper or switch my backup for McCarthy in preparation for using my bench boost once Fabianski is back? It kind of depends on when you're planning on wildcarding. I, I personally, my gut feel is on this, and I don't think there's been any concrete information. So you, if you're thinking like that, I'd wait to get find out exactly. But my gut feel is I think it's a reoccurring injury. I suspect he'll be out for, for quite a while. So I would just shift on. You don't want to have five million goalkeeper sat on your bench so I would sell to if we find out he's going to be out for a little while I would sell him 
so that you've still just got a four million goalkeeper and have a new set and forget out of you know Henderson, McCarthy, whoever it else you uh, you fancy fancy looking at. Ryan we haven't mentioned as well, but I know you just got him and Stefan. He's a, he's a good option. But if if he's only out for a couple of weeks and he's going to be part of your bench boost, then grabbing McCarthy because they rotate really nicely, and then having them for the bench boost could work. But yeah, my personal feel is just just sell now. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a question from FPL DC who asks is Guetta worth holding for the upcoming fixture or downgrade to other options like Hendo, Foster or McCarthy? Rich, any thoughts? I mean, I think he's a, he's a great keeper, isn't he? He's, he's making some good saves and he's making a lot of saves. So I'd, I'd just hold if I if I had him. I mean, I remember that streak he went on where he was getting 10 and 8 points every week. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're Danny Ings numbers for a goalie. So <laughs> I wouldn't be wasting transfers removing him. The only thing that's really tough with them is I bought Kelly in. And I'll give you two guesses when I bought Kelly in. It was game week 18. Since then, they've conceded a goal in each of their last one, two, three, four, five games. So it just, they seem to be going down that, um, what Liverpool were doing at the start of the season. Yeah. Stats are still okay, but they're just conceding there's one goal. But I agree, I don't think I'd sell either. Yeah, I mean, at least it's only one. I mean, they've not conceded more than one goal since, what, game week right. Yeah, game week 12. I think basically you should stick with your goalkeeper unless you got Fabianski injured or you might even want to sell Pope because mm. the fixtures are still bad. But other than that, staying patient with the goalkeepers usually works out okay. That'll be my, my opinion on that. Okay, let's go to some other questions. And uh, we have Helmo from Slack who asks, with Ndidi out, is it time to move off Soyunju and other Leicester defensive assets? And does his absence also have any effect on Vardy and Madison? And so far, with one game to judge by, he really does have an impact both offensively and defensively. Anyone have something to add on that? Yeah, I would, I'm just going to give it a bit more time. I think, because Burnley away, you know, it's a perfect fixture, really. I think Leicester, a few Leicester fans, fans seem to think that they play better away from home. Burnley are as blunt as anything. So I, th- I think we, it's one where we can we can wait and see because someone like Soinchi, he was four four and a half million for a lot of us, and he's risen by over half a million. So he's just not someone I'd want to move on too quickly. I personally think Soyuncu is dispensable. You might not want to sell him before Burnley away, but looking a couple of game weeks down the line, I think you trading him for maybe a Sheffield United double up would be a really great option. And you can also use that money to maybe move move it around some other places and uh, downgrade him or upgrade him. I think they have some tough games and probably going to get the blank also in game week 28. So I'm looking at getting rid of Zunsha down the line. I, I think, think so. yeah, I could see the argument for Sheffield United because I'm on the I'm on the double up as it is, and I'm actually considering the triple up. So yeah, I could I could see that actually. But I, I just think, want to give him that Burnley game before I make that decision. Yeah, I agree. And I probably will keep him from 24 also against West Ham. Mm. But other than that, if you're looking to distance yourself from the other managers, having just Lundstram from Sheffield United game come game week 25 might be one too few. It works quite nicely with the, you know, United have those two tough fixtures now where you probably don't want to bring in a, um, you don't probably don't want to bring in another defender. Just, just you would think that they're probably going to concede against Arsenal and then City. So then it's a case of you give Soyuncu Burnley away, West Ham at home. Then they've got Chelsea home and West Ham away, and then Man City home before the possible blank. So yeah. I sort of agree with you there, Stefan. I think hold for the next two, reassess. But I mean, judging 
just by the the the, the Southampton game at home. It was it was it wasn't so much the score. It was the nature of. I mean, Danny Ings on his own could have had four goals. Literally could have had four goals. <laughs> That's not really an exaggeration. And then it's there was other options as well. So it just didn't seem to be clicking. And I mean, I think it's right to say that Vardy didn't have any shots in the box, or he did something. He didn't like have that, any shot attempts. Zero shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Tiedemann's being benched had any impact on that? Because I think he was benched because he was tired. Yeah, Tielemans was on the bench. I mean, I don't know. That could affect their rhythm. Combination with Tielemans and NDD out. They're two big impact players, you know, in the middle of their park. So, yeah, I I certainly won't be... I think think we've got this nice sort of two games where we're, we're probably trying to look at, you know, putting out other fires, trying to work out how we get our Liverpool players in. And I would just be holding for those two. I think the only the only reason I would sell Soenchu is if you're my my defence is probably relatively similar to most. Where you've got I've got tar, other than I've got Target, who's been an absolute disaster for me. But I've got Target, Lundstrom, Alexander Arna, Soenchu, and Kelly. So assume if you took Target out and put in Rico, that's probably most people's defences. Soenchu's the only player that's worth anything close to a slightly more than you know a budget you know four point five sort of thing. So I, if I sold to Incho now, I get 4.8 for him. So if I was trying to get up to Robertson as the defensive double up, I would be happy to do that now. Like if that was the only way I could do it financially. Yeah. But then even then, I've only got to find 0.4 to get target, you know, more to get target up to him. So I think probably hold the next two. But that would be my only thing. If there's no other way of getting a defensive double up for Liverpool and that's where you're set, I'd be happy to for someone to do that. And speaking of Saints, the last question from Slack, uh, from Alan Duffin. Triple Saints, anyone? McCarthy, Inks, and the back-in-favour bargain basement Stuart Armstrong at right midfield. Do we look at tripling up on Southampton soon, given their rise in form? Alex? As of this week, I've gone from zero to two immediately, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with those two. Did, um, did, was, did Armstrong play left wing or right wing, did you just say? Uh, he played the right wing. And it costs oh, no. 5.2, I think. So he's a, oh, it's a cheap option. It's quite yeah, a lucky sorry. goal. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at the wrong person. Sorry, ignore me, ignore me. Um, I, I, the, the person I was thinking of was Stevens. So I quite like uh, Jack Stevens. He's only 4.3 million, 1.3% owned, and I mean has, has started the last oh, well since game week 11 basically. Um, so I, I wouldn't do it this week, but I do like from sort of 24 onwards as a as a cheap 4.3 is a is a is a nice option and again it's that kind of the idea of doing the double up you know if if saints really are looking good but i think i prefer the way you boys are talking of going with the sheffield united double up because they've still got sheffield united have still got a couple of defenders that are around 4.5 so i would i would probably be grabbing one of those first rich any thoughts yeah, they were the three I was thinking of. I hadn't even considered Armstrong, and I probably wouldn't because there's quite a lot of options in in midfield already. You know, and even round about that price point, I think for attacking wise, I'd only really want Ings at the moment. Uh, you know, Alex has made McCarthy sound very tempting, especially for that price. And I think yes, Stevens is the other the other one. I guess you could consider, but again, like Alex has said, I'd rather go for those Sheffield United defenders. And I mean. I, the triple up something I'm really considering. I've got Henderson and and Lundstrom as it is, and I don't know how you pronounce his name. But I think it's Igan, and mm. he's had a lot of shots in the box. Um, I got a little table um, that I look at for shots in the box, and he's right at the top for the last few weeks. Four shots in the box. I mean, they're, they're headers, and then not many of them are on target. But it, you know, it, show, it shows potential. Yeah, he's only four point five. I mean, I, exactly. I, I really he's the only like one that's not risen. Yeah, yeah, he's, I the really others like that triple up. That's sort of yeah. like James Ward-Prowse as well. And I think if you're going to jam those uh, Liverpool attackers in there and still keep some City assets, 
uh, going James Ward-Prowse and maybe a couple double or triple up of Sheffield United in defence come game week 25. But like, would you go Ward? Would you go Ward Price over Decorey or Saar, for example? Like, I don't think <sighs> Close, I think. Okay, so that's it for the questions and headlines. And even though James is away, I think we need to take that piss break. I'm dying to piss. So we're back, and we're back with Mikkel Tukvam's algorithm, our partner chat. And for this week, he took a look at my team. And I have two free transfers, 0.0 in the bank. And the best things he could come up with for my team was Rashford to Inks, or Vardy to Inks, or maybe sell KDB to some, but that was too soon, considering the good fixture for Manchester City in Gaming 73. So he was the one who recommended Rashford to Inks, or his algorithm did, and we talked about a bit about it, and I think that move just seemed too bad. My only issue is I don't have anything I can spend the extra cash on at this point, so... I might burn in with some cash in the bank and that leans towards me maybe wanting to keep Rashford. But I think that's a great idea and it gave me something to think about for the coming week. And if you want to check out this algorithm, you should go to patreon.com slash transfer algorithm. And we're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign-up offer code of Surgery10. Go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk and sign up for 10% off. And we're also partnered with FPL Doodles, who has made a great doodle for this episode. We're at Trapped-Ins, Transfers and Captains. Alex. So, transfers have already been done, my two frees. Um, will there be a hit? Huh, who knows? But yeah. it's fairly likely. Definitely next week, anyway. So, transfers were Fabianski to McCarthy and Jimenez to Ings. Just, uh, it was purely price-based. I-, I wanted to do them both early. Captain at, at the minute, guys tough one uh, at the minute i am on just checking vardy with de bruna vice captain that may change it may actually go to de bruna i'm, I'm not really sure but at the minute i'm on i'm on vardy yeah so that's that's where i'm at I, I could also see myself i can't get ali to mané just yet so uh, it'll probably be preparing preparing that and ali may well get another week unless i go down the route of selling kdb but i mean i don't think anyone can do that at the minute can they can they Stefan, can they? (laughs) It's tough. It's tough. (laughs) Rich? Um, Yeah, so I did a hit last night. I very rarely do early moves like this, especially before the game week's ended. But I've I've taken out um, Mousset for Ings. And to enable that, I've taken out, reluctantly, I've taken out Madison for Hayden. So it's left me 1.3 million in the bank. But I'm happy playing Campwell this week. And uh, it's quite nice having a bit of money to spend down the line. So, And I've already got my three Liverpool players. So captain wise i had it on ings i thought i'd got him in for a hit i might just captain him as well but to be honest city have just beaten aston villa heavily so it might end up being de bruyne i have to have a little think about that i've just switched to de bruyne yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay 
I think uh, playing Cantwell is a great shout this game week. So get him in if you have a fine place for him. Yeah, see, that's okay. I'm I'm gutted about that. That was that was one of my plans was always to go to three five two originally, and and the idea was three five two, and then Cantwell would be would have come in as part of the five for this week, and then. Um, would have moved in on last week, but obviously with Ings kicking up, it means that Count was first on my bench, and I'm I'm gutted. I'm looking at my team just trying to work out how I can get <laughs> him, do something to get him in. Do you know, it was part of the reason I got Hayden in. I just thought I'm going to play Cantwell this week. It's the only game I really want to play him up until game week 30. So, oh, Rich, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, mate. All my plans for the last oh, month have involved somehow getting Cantwell in. But Ings is just, uh, it, I was going to take Jimenez down to sort of a, or Rashford down to a 4.3 striker so that Cantwell could have played in the fifth. And I just, I can't make it work now. Unless unless the only other option would be to sort of maybe take Ali down to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's impossible to work out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do something with my transfers and I have pretty much no clue. I mean, I'm looking at both some. Maybe do Ings in or um, do something completely else. Uh, so many options with these two free transfers. And I pretty much like my team. So in many cases, I could have burned the transfer anyway. But I'm not going to do that, but I'm far from decided on what my transfer is going to be. As for captain, I was also like you, Alex, having Vardy as my captain and De Bruyne vice captain at the bus team. But now I maybe should switch as well. I'm not sure. It will be one of those for sure. Okay, we'll skip the mini leagues for now as we're mid game week at the time of recording, so they won't have been updated yet. But make sure to join the FBL Surgery Podcast public lead code CCCJK2. Okay, guys, your top three differential picks. Uh, Rich, want to want to go first? Yeah, so I've gone for more pay. As mentioned earlier, it's more for the fixtures than his underlying stats. Um, another man we've mentioned, Saar for Watford, and I've also gone for Asbel Equator, who's away oh. at Newcastle. He's had attacking returns in the last two. It's a good, oh, good fixture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I quite fancy that. Alex? Um, so mine are Delafeo. I was actually going to pick Saar, but I'm, I'm going to skip to Delafeo because Rich Rich had him. Uh, Aguero, uh, who I had down before the hat-trick, I might add. And <laughs> final one is the man we've just been talking about who's currently sat on my bench, and that is Cantwell. Yeah. And your top three picks, Rich? Um, these seem really boring. But yeah. <laughs> Salah. Ings and Vardy. Although I did choose those before the Man City game, but I'll stick with them. Salah, Ings, and Vardy. Alex. Uh, so I've gone Ings, Salah, and uh, De Bruyne. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, and we have uh, feedback in the feedback box from Emma and Slack. She says, "Lovely pod as always. Thank you. Your discussion is always balanced and thought-provoking. I really value how it makes me think and gives me the confidence to make my own decisions." Really appreciate the discourse in the Slack channel too. A very friendly community, so very glad to be part of it. That's our feedback, and we always appreciate good feedback. Okay, then it's time for Mad Hatter's Alexa's Afterthoughts. I haven't listened to this, so uh, it can go either way. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's see what he has to say. Alexa, how's your week going? Can he complain, Mad Hatter? I see Iceman isn't on the pod tonight. Which means he can't edit this. Hmm. Interesting. I hear he's gone on a rural beauty spot vacation in the West Country. It's funny how you can make a dogging holiday sound. Upmarket. <laughs> so this week sees United and Chelsea ease past relegation fodder. Arsenal start well, then predictably choke, and Fabianski goes back in the knacker's yard. Didn't you just bring him in, Mad Hatter? Oops. 
My capo pick for next game week is KDB. That's my lot. Good luck everyone. Splendid effort with the pod this week, Stefan. I'm sure Iceman will be back from his CD trip soon. Although, you may have to change the format and rename it Iceman's Stinging Piss Break. Up the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was great. Uh, It won't be edited, so be sure about that. (laughs) Okay, that's it, guys. Please help support the podcast at patreon.com slash surgery. Join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. Check us out at fplsurgery.com and find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter. We're all at FPL Surgery. Subscribe to iTunes and remember to please rate the podcast. Thank you very much for being on this pod, both Alex and Rich. We had a bunch of problems recording this and I suspect I'll be spending a major amount of time to editing this to make it work. But thank you for your patience and thank you for coming on. Right, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thanks very much for having me. Apologies for um, apologies for my two-year-old wandering around while we're doing it. So, good, good luck with the um, good luck with the editing stuff, and it uh, might be a bit of a mission for you. So, good on you for doing it, mate. Yeah, thanks. Okay, guys, goodbye. Up the pod. Up the pod. Good luck, everyone. Up the pod.